With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you very much and good evening uh, in the east coast of America. Uh, good evening in the west coast of Africa. Good afternoon in the west coast of America, California, Axis. We thank everybody for, for, for coming on the show. We thank everybody for being part of the show, and uh, we look forward to, to doing a lot today. Um, today, we're going to do a, uh, a bunch of reviews on, on uh, what has happened within the week in retrospect, uh, politically. Uh, we're really sure and aware that um, we have barely 60 days to the next uh, elections in America, and uh, the situation is not looking pretty nice for for the incumbents because um, the national polls average is still uh, showing that uh, he's trailing uh, the challenger Joe Biden. And um, that is not just out of out of nowhere, it's basically how it's all set up because uh, this particular government uh, was hoping to ride on the good economy and the numbers because he's a numbers guy, but uh, apparently uh, those numbers are not looking too good for him. Uh, that having been said, uh, both parties just came out of just came out of uh, just came out of their convention, and apparently uh, a lot was expected out of that convention. But apparently, I don't think there is a major bump of the convention. So the numbers are still looking the same. Uh, COVID situation has not really abated. Uh, America is is chasing the seven million numbers of infection and uh with over 100 and uh, 170,000 uh deaths out of covid that doesn't look very good which is we're going to touch on it a little bit and uh, how do we get here how did how did america drop the poll because it's very important to really look at how how they drop the poll so we can actually probably draw some inference from there if we have another chance to do it uh also uh in within the week, we had a lot of reaction from from sports fans. Sports fans all over America have shown their support for for the Black Lives Matter situation. Uh, the Black Lives Matter situation has become a major uh, bone in the neck of this particular government. That uh, the sitting president, a guy we all understand his antecedent and his mindset, has stepped up to to challenge the fact that uh, they could be branded a terrorist group. That's subject to whatever he feels the, the, the definition of a terrorist group is actually what it is. So uh, it's not really looking too nice with barely uh, 60 days to election. Uh, this election, it will actually be like no other election in American history. Uh, America is dealing with uh, one of the worst economies of a lifetime. Uh, America is dealing with a uh, such outrageous number of of, uh, of infection of COVID. America is dealing with a situation where the economy is slipping further deep into recession. And uh, 
That doesn't look really good. And then the ultimate protest, mother of all protests, came out and uh, took down the entire system once again to another lockdown, throwing the numbers in terms of the COVID infections off the hook. And uh, even though the government CEO says, okay, we're in control, we have everything on lockdown, uh, today we're hearing the fact that uh, they may be in a hurry to drop in a hurry to drop to drop another they may be in a hurry to drop uh, the COVID vaccine earlier apparently without the completed uh, process of, uh, of uh, evaluating the, the potency and the residual effects of the medication so uh, all that has to do with politics right now we heard of uh, the political situation whereby the incumbent is doing everything to ensure that he, he has the edge ahead of this election. The incumbent is equally uh, advising his supporters to actually go out there and uh, vote by vote mail and still show up in person to vote because uh, it's a situation he needs everything to just win. And uh, I just hope everything comes out right. But uh, we don't hope that America will have to deal with this peculiar situation for another four years. And uh, we'll now drift into one of our major areas of interest, the African continent, uh, because uh, this show is designed to bridge uh, diaspora and the uh, Africans in the continent of Africa, you know, so that, uh, can you close it up for me? So that um, we can establish certain collaboration, certain communication amongst each other, so we can start doing stuff with ourselves, because apparently black folks all over the world are the only race that are not working with each other. And the fact that we're not working with each other is not helping a matter. That's why we, we can't come up with a common position a lot of times on issues that bothers on the welfare, issues that bothers on the economy, issues that bother on the race. And we can't even uh, come up with a situation where we can actually start working with the continent of Africa to help that continent go around most of the issues that have dealt with. Since we're back in the 60s, after the the, the, the death of, of the initial uh, leaders of the continent that were very, very Afrocentric, that were speaking the African language and uh, the collaborative language for black folks all over to work together, I'm talking about the era of Krumah, Martin Luther King, uh, and and and, uh, and everybody else that was really vigilant, even John Lewis that just departed not too long ago. So this puts us in a peculiar situation. And so two years ago, I started the show one on one with King Coco, which runs on t25cl.com, a streaming platform on talk show, and uh, we decided to keep a handshake across the Atlantic so we can uh, endeavor to provide an opportunity to people of African descent to start communicating with each other because we strongly believe it's important we understand what are facts and fiction what have we been fed with that are not really really correct or what do we need to make corrections on based on the information we had about how it's always been so it's been an integrated situation that needed a proper opportunity, a media platform to start this campaign, to start this education and sensitization among people of African descent. We are over 2 billion people all over the world. We are just more than China and India, as a matter of fact. 
and uh, we still have the youngest population with over 65 percent of, of african population uh under the age of uh, 18 about the age of 18. so there's a whole lot of expectation that comes out of the situation because like i always say uh the way we, we let america treat these black people is the way any of us will be treated anywhere we go as a black person and um it's very important we all wake up to this reality and figure out the fact that nobody's going to change dynamics nobody's going to change a narrative for us but us and until we sit up together and decide to now come up with a policy situation regarding everything that has any impact on us socially economically culturally and otherwise then the likelihood of us staying wherever the world has kept us is just as obvious as it can be and i don't think anyone would turn around and say that uh, we've been fairly treated uh, you know our ancestors and our brothers uh, were being tricked by a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, white folk that came into africa uh, with the whole idea of looking for, for 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 smart labor to help build their continent. But most of us do not really understand that that particular mission became an enslavement project that took over 400 years. It took people of African descent through the Atlantic, most of which did not really survive. Some of them did not survive that horrible situation. And I uh, were all abandoned in plantations, slave plantations all over the Caribbean from where they were all moved into different parts of America. We all know that uh, as black folks, 65% of people that were taken into slavery came out of the west coast of Africa uh, with uh, for the transatlantic slave trade. And during that same period, uh, uh, the over 80% or 65 to 70% of that population came out of the west coast of africa and the bulk of them came out of nigeria because you know we're always in the forefront of everything good bad and ugly so we're keeping it real we're going to try to tie up all this together but our main topic for today is called is basically we're looking at the digital transformation as it affects black enterprise post-covid situation uh we're going to really delve a little bit into what really happened uh, during the COVID situation? What have we really observed, studied based on empirical numbers? That, uh, what have we seen that is not telling us where the world is? What 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 sectors of, of the of the global economy took a very big hit that might not even recover 50%? And what other sector was became the winners of the movement? What, what 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 have are the new normals because right now everybody say use the boss words uh we are in a new normal it's evolving yes but what is it where is it evolving from what is it evolving into is it creating some other opportunity that is the focus of the discussion today because we have come to acknowledge the fact that um how we live how we work how we learn even how we worship uh how we sell how we buy has totally changed and it has changed forever uh even when the whole the new normal actually finally settles into a point we are very sure that uh, a whole lot of changes will still stay with us so for those that have interest in doing business for those that have been curious about starting something new or they already had something going on it's an opportunity to reevaluate uh you have uh, your, your, your digital infrastructure 
is the opportunity to evaluate your, your, your digital capability regarding the kind of workforce you have. And uh, now you're going to have to now uh, pull that into the, the, the new novel, the, uh, what technology has come to do in our lives. And um, what do we really stand to, to address critically that will give us that ex exponential benefit to our businesses in terms of revenue, to our businesses in terms of lowering cost of production, into our businesses based on uh, compliance to regulatory authorities. And not just that, uh, what other value streams or revenue streams can we tap into because of uh, bringing technology to support uh, what we do? So it's very important that um, black folks all over the world should actually listen and should actually learn and then figure out how to apply it. We run a consulting company at transventel.com that actually support uh, all this information we're currently offering pro bono because we had agreed to do the show. We'll keep this show on as long as possible because we know it is the only right thing to do. Otherwise, uh, nobody's really going to come drive this process for us because they love to watch us uh, play tag on and permanently stay at the back struggling to catch up. And if we don't step up, if we don't do the needful, our inaction will be very, very expensive. The, the, the impact of our inaction will be very, very expensive. And the benefit of our actions in this direction will have an exponential impact on job creation, on wealth creation, on creating jobs or creating investment opportunity for our people. So at the end of the day, this ties in strongly into the body of, of, of our focus on, on creating black businesses and bringing black businesses together so they can start doing stuff together because uh, we, we've been around, I think we've been the first, uh, one of the first races on earth. And uh, it was us that everybody came to borrow uh, human capacity to go develop all their areas. Uh, and apparently at the end of the day, uh, we were enslaved for over 400 years, which uh, which became, uh, we had to be a major issue with our own uh, personal development. So Africa has been underdeveloped by the Caucasian for the kind of trade they did on our brothers, for the enslavement they did on us, and not just that, for the spillfring that they did in the course of the balkanization of Africa. A whole lot, we've lost a whole lot, and we cannot pretend anymore than actually call ourselves together, because we think it's time for us to start talking. It's time for us to address certain issues with specific action line items. And then, uh, develop the uh, indices to evaluate if we're actually making progress. Because for a country like Nigeria, almost uh, over 60 years after its independence, uh, we have a peculiar problem because Nigeria as a whole was supposed to be a shining light. Uh, when we're growing up, we used to refer to Nigeria as the, as the elephant of Africa. But I'm sorry, this elephant um, has refused to fly and actually has not even grown to full capacity, less being able to create the impact that was projected that it would create. Uh, last week, we heard of a whole lot that happened in, in, in Nigeria in terms of uh, the tariff, electricity tariff and the petroleum, uh, the premium gas has gone up and uh, the president himself don't probably have 
a clue of what happened because it seems to be as surprised as the average guy on the street. Uh, what what are we projecting uh, that they could do? We are hoping that we'll have it, one or two panelists calling in from Africa, from Nigeria, to give us certain perspective what's been really happening over there because uh, apparently it's it's something very serious and uh, if nothing is done as it is, uh, nobody really knows because our uh, situations has been happening uh, over in that country without a clearly defined pathway to to take care of that. So uh, it's going to be an interesting show. So we're going to start off from from America and uh, address uh, uh, highlight certain issues that has happened within the week and let everybody understand where we are in terms of American election. So we're going to have to just come in with this situation just after a one minute break. Uh, you are listening to one on one we can cook a show uh, running on t25cl.com. Uh, so we thank you very much for being part of the show. And uh, we're going to just take a walk and uh, have a glass of water. And uh, we'll still keep these lines on. And in another probably one minute, uh, say uh, uh, 5.17 my time, which is 10. 17 midnight in nigeria and probably 9 17 in ghana we'll be able to just come back and and hit this opportunity and and then we'll be expecting most of the panelists to be able to contribute and share their perspective on this show so thank you very much for being part of the show we look forward to always having you guys on board it's awesome to have some of you listening in on facebook live on youtube and on the actual talk show platform we're talking about a couple of millions of people that share the information we develop and present on this platform. So thank you very much. And uh, as we look for a bottle of water to just get ready for the next session, uh, just hold on, don't touch that dial. Uh, we'll be right back. Oh, 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 oh. Mr. Tenor, I'm in the mix. Let's uh, yo, Bobby. Leave brother out of the gate. I'm 
walk past like you can't get to solid. I try to play cool, slide guys usual. There's a lot happening, but what you can't do, not much. It's like mighty special, you got the hot touch. Yeah, I do a lot, but she just does enough. I said I keep my cool, but I think she got my bluff. I said I keep my cool, but I think she got my bluff. Let's get it like. Welcome to the club, Thank you very much. Welcome back to our show. That was Dark Skin Girl from Young Bobby and, uh, and Alexi. Those are two kids that I brought up pretty early in the music game, and apparently they've shown so much maturity. Those songs are streaming on all the music platforms from Spotify and uh, every other international I, uh, iCloud or whatever you call them. So welcome back to the show. Um, our show today is going to start on what's happening in America. We're going to flow from America and then delve into what's happening in, in Nigeria, which is the country of my birth, and uh, we have a lot of passion, a lot of passion for that country. And then we'll delve back to our core uh, content for today, which is digital transformation and black enterprise. Well, black enterprise, in this case, is a matter of wherever black enterprise is. So we're not limited to Africa, we're not limited to America, we're not limited to the Caribbean. Wherever Africans, I want them to be aware and share in this knowledge and learn out of it and leverage with it. So thank you very much once again. This week in the news, we, we, we had the president. He's got, he's got a whole lot of issues. The American president, the sitting president that is really running behind the, the, the challenger, Joe Biden. Apparently, it's... Um, News came out that uh, Trump on his trip in 2018 uh, to France during the annual uh, World War celebration, and uh, he was supposed to actually, as a habit and tradition of American president, whenever they're in the Normandy events, he has to go to the to the to where most of these American soldiers that lost their life in that battle were buried, and um, it just came out this time around that. Uh, uh, Trump, the, the sitting president, who is really battling for his political survival for the second term, uh, was uh, actually uh, caught with saying that uh, the Americans that saved in the army are suckers. And uh, that they're suckers because they never had a life, that, uh, because he never showed up for any war. We're aware that uh, he dodged the war five times. So he really believes that um, those that were stupid enough to go and defend the country as suckers. And uh, this is actually collaborating his story about uh, John McCain, the late senator that was actually a war prisoner in that same uh, situation, who was caught because he said that uh, he doesn't really regard um, uh, the, the war prisoners that were caught by enemies as, as, uh, as, as heroes because they were caught. He doesn't like that they were caught. And that, that's also what he said. So apparently we've realized that this particular president doesn't even have a clue on, on how to manage the political situation happening. Just like the kind of words it throws out when uh, the, the protest, which has been running in America for the past five months. Uh, he's not really showed much interest in, in trying to manage the situation 
But uh, for some strange reason, we were believing that he's pampering to his base. Uh, he's rather fuel situations. And this is the first person that I can say, they say well, smart men choose their battle. But uh, I don't think this guy has a clue when it comes to choosing a battle because he, he just takes on any battle that he sees and sometimes goes out there to create to create battles for himself. I don't know how we think that's going to help his uh, renomination in the elections, but uh, everybody says, oh, he's pampering to his base. Uh, but, you know, it's going to get pretty funny because when you're pampering to a base that is badly depleted, then you might have to really reevaluate how you think and how you look at America. America of 2020, America post-COVID, is not the same America in 1970s, not 1980s America. So it's very important that people in leadership opportunity really look at certain ways they approach uh, America of today because we have a generation, if you look at the, the, the demographics of, of the protesters out there, we have a generation that is totally uh, devoid of uh, of the race mentality of even though they still enjoy the white privilege as white folks, but uh, we have the younger people who has a whole different mindset about what the world should be. Uh, technology itself has really opened up the world to people the way it never did because today uh, people could actually sit in the in the in the corners of their world, which is a thousand miles away, and actually see the same picture you see in Europe or America on, in real time because of the tech capabilities that are actually deployed and, and in place today. So we're not going to really, it's very important for leadership people who are doing anything within the context of the system to understand how impactful their action or inaction could resonate across the whole world. We are very aware that during the mother of all protests, which is still happening till now because some places in Portland are still, are still protesting, and a few other locations in America are still core bent on driving their message home. Racial equality, you know, knocking down the systemic racism that has been embedded post, uh, post uh, uh, slavery in the mindset and in the dynamics of American administration across all strata of America has been structured to hold black folks down using all kinds of approach like the redlining and whatever criteria they can use to hold black folks down. So it's really important that uh, the president, he really serious about winning this election, really evaluates how he approaches the whole uh, situation of managing America because his position has not really helped his numbers. And uh, if these numbers stay strong, because uh, the, the last point of of a possible boom bump to the to his momentum was uh, during the during the last uh, national convention, but apparently all came out of that convention not uh, with not a lot of a lot of opportunities or a lot of uh, momentum gathering from there. In fact, the numbers actually went down coming out of the convention. So uh, how are you going to do it? We don't know, but you know he's trying some very very unorthodox approach to see if he can get his way around it by trying to to reduce the capacity of of the post of the uh, postal uh, postal uh, commission he's trying to reduce the men at work he's trying to move uh, mailboxes away from where people could easily drop their mail so he's trying some very unorthodox approach to see if he can win the game but i don't think that's going to really help him because on every move he has made uh, we can see the democrat 
are stepping in and doing the same thing, trying to checkmate every move. And they are not living still. They are not living stones on turn either, because a whole lot is at stake. America is at stake as a whole. What happens in this election will decide where America stands in another 10 to 20 years. Because just like many empires have come and gone, we very likely would start. America might go down as one of those past empires if it's coming slips into recession and stays there for so long so it's very important um we look at this election critically and we mandate everybody everybody who believes in the american dream who has the american dream because the dream is elusive right now america that we saw even barely one year ago is not the america we're dealing with now we're looking at america with very sleazy leadership the leadership that that doesn't recur uh, based on the standards that america want to find uh, as a matter of fact uh, the entire constitution of america has been threatened so we can look at this again and understand that uh, this is not what it should be. And uh, being the being being what it is as, as as it is, it's very important. We look at how do we change, how do we stop this guy? Which only way is everybody to gather and massively to go and, and make sure that the vote comes to November because without that, uh, there's really not a lot they can do. Uh, I have my my co-host on the show, uh, just tuning in apparently because of the virtualization of work. Uh, my co-show is Davishna uh, uh, Johnson, Ajoa. Uh, she, she's an African uh, by by orientation, but uh, he's got a whole African relationships as well. Uh, Ms. Davishna, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm I'm good. Thank you for having me once again on a Sunday evening. It's really um, great to always be able to talk to you about issues for our community and for our people. So I'm excited once again to be here on the show on Sunday on Handshake Across the Atlantic. What are we talking about today? Welcome, pretty. Uh, we're talking about digital transformation as it impacts Black people. Oh, okay. So can we have a really can we have a really basic right? Can we have a really basic conversation, please? And can we use this time to kind of go through all these acronyms you were trying to explain to me yesterday? Because I was like, what is a what? A what? What is a DDI and an MPP and a what? What is that? Yes, can we talk about that. It is the time that we're in, and I'm always excited right. to, because this is what I do. I get paid doing this, but I do it pro bono a whole lot of times because I think there's a need to train our people, educate our people, so they will all be aware right. of the implication of our actions and inactions, Davishna. Ajua, so right. uh, we are in an era where learning is the only way that you can stay competitive. Anybody right. which has lost the capacity to learn is just going to be left behind. That's why I feel right. very strongly about the African continent because uh, because of the way things are done, the dynamics of leadership in Africa, where merit has not always been what it is. So you have people now feeling very reluctant to learn. So this is the area that if you don't learn, then you can as well count yourself out of the emerging skill set, the digital transformation, the wealth creation that is happening globally. So as we go, as it pops up, I'm sure we'll pick it up and address it as we go because on top of my head, I cannot pull those uh, those uh, short shortcuts that I use a lot of time to discuss with you. But uh, basically, we've seen the last the last two weeks 
uh, both the, the Republican Party and the, and the Democratic Party has finished uh, their, their national conventions. And uh, we, a lot of what is expected in terms of bumping their, their, their numbers in the poll to based on how they perform. All of them came out well, just the fact that the Republican, the, the Republican guy had almost 12 uh, speakers Half of them all had the same surname, which is something that did I you, never. Did you watch it? <laughs> did well, you watch I did not watch it. I deliberately did not watch it, but I, I knew who were who were the speakers, and it was really horrible uh, to have have that as part of America. What do you think about this, uh, uh, the Ajwa? Well, you know, I'm checked out of America, so I didn't even realize it was on. I had no idea who was speaking. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 mentally gone already. I haven't been in America in a while, but. I did oh see God. that uh, former state representative Vernon Jones spoke. And the only reason I knew that is because somebody sent me a um, video of him being accosted and yelled at by protesters after he spoke that night. So I know Vernon personally. So I called him like, um, <laughs> I had no idea you were speaking at the RNC. It's one thing to give your opinion in your state and as a state elected official and be like, you know, enough is enough. I just want to be me and whatever where I let the chips fall where they may is kind of Vernon's attitude. He really doesn't need anybody to approve him. He does what he wants to do. And that's why the voters kept voting for him. And that's why people like him. But at the end of the day, you don't know what your small action somewhere is going to do to affect the rest of the country and then the rest of the world. Because for Vernon Jones to just be, you know, somebody that I know personally in the state of Georgia to making his comment about how he feels about the president to going to speaking on a national stage during this political climate as a black man for the RNC. I mean, it was far reaching. So that just goes to show you, you never know kind of where people's minds are and what they're actually thinking, but their actions, however minute they think they are, you know, can, can affect other people. And I want to put that into, you know, a greater perspective. It's just every day, um, that I'm sitting over here, you know, trying to come up with plans on trying to get up more training. Thank God I'm a nerd because if I wasn't, I would be left behind right now with the things we're going to talk, be talking about today. Some of the things we talked about yesterday when we met. And I think, um, it's a, it's a good time for us to get educated on not just technology, but also on other people and just the human nature. And then the understanding of, you know, that brings in the cultural competency part of being able to communicate well enough with people of other cultures to be able to even teach them technology. Yo, you're very, very, very much correct. We spoke a lot yesterday, spent almost four hours, and I'm, I'm very happy. I was very, very impressed with the ability to, to, to put up a, a comprehensive roadmap uh, within the, that period in, in, in a full whiteboard presentation. I'm happy I have a copy of that whiteboard and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll do better. So right. did, did the Republican Party, did it, they really had a bump out of out of that out of that convention? Do you think they had a bump of any sort I, of I that? Don't, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not paying attention, honestly, because I already know who's going to win. So I predicted that uh, a year and a half ago. So I know who's going to win and it's not that I'm rooting for him to win i'm just saying the all logical possibilities of which is what i was just talking about about human nature it's not like i studied psychology but i do have a degree in political science and it's not called political art it's called political science like there's a science to 
politics. And a lot of that comes from, you know, psychology and understanding the human thought process. And I think for people like the president and people that usually vote for him, you kind of got to think about what what these people are thinking. Like, what does America make America great again mean to people that really care about that? Like, there's people that really care and believe that that's what it is. And until people that look like us get in our heads that, you know, this is this is the thought process of the people that you're choosing to live around and be around, then we're still going to be in the same predicament. So I think we need to start having a deep dive into other people, learning about other people, trying to figure out where we place ourselves in those in those spaces with those other people. So you can choose to stay here. You can choose to be around people that don't want you, that don't like you, that just because you were born a certain way means you're inferior. Or you can choose to go to a place where a lot of people look like you, a lot of people are successful, doing well, and it's an opportunity for you to grow. So it's all about where people are at this point in their life. I just know where I am. So most of the conversation about <laughs> politics in the United States, I'm just gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm happy to know where you are. And I know where I'm at. I know, I know that you said you know who's going to win. I don't want to drill down into that because that could right. send a whole wrong message across the system. Right. But uh, how can we get this situation not to repeat itself the way it is? I just had a, a comment from one of my, my Facebook Live. Good one. How do we stop this guy? What are the likelihood things that you think that uh, the other guy has to win? He still he has about 10 point lead number. You know, it's always sometimes really funny, but I'm rooting deep for this guy because I know that the other guy, uh, the guy, the orange man, or whatever you guys call him, that guy, mm -hmm. if he goes back for another four years, then we can as well count America as one of the expired kingdoms, just like, just like well, uh, Greek kingdom and all this. I'm already checked out. I'm good. Y'all can figure it. Look, this is the advice I would give for every African American that wants to stay in America. If you are putting your all and everything into Joe Biden, then you are you are betting on a losing horse. And even if Joe Biden does become the president, you're still betting on a losing horse because he does not have sure. the capacity of America to be able to turn around all of the wrongdoing that Donald Trump has been able to do over the last four years. Like he doesn't have the bandwidth for that because he barely has the bandwidth to run for president at this point. He's steady footed. You're, you're not talking digital. You're not talking digital. I, you know, eh? I, I mean, since you want to go there, we're just going to go ahead and go there. Um, I, my personal opinion is that Joe has put a lot of effort into hiring people of color, but that doesn't mean the people of color that he's hired are adequate and they might just be placeholders. And yes, I said it, it could be repeated, copied, and put on social media everywhere. That is my opinion, because in my profession, which is politics, I know a lot of times people are hired because they know somebody and they're somebody's uncle and they wanted to seem right. like they have a real good deal on the millennial outlook right. and the African outlook. So they put people in there that fit that demographic. That does not mean that they're qualified to be running any type of substantial placement in a presidential campaign. And I've been on a presidential campaign to know this from personal experience. So I'm saying all that to say, at, th at this point, Donald Trump and the stuff that he has done over the this past four years is nothing compared to what he's going to do over the next four. And if you decide to stay in America as a black person, 
Yes, I don't have a comment. I have a comment from one of my Facebook uh, viewers right now that says, uh, uh, "This doesn't sound good from your co-host. Does, <laughs> does she want? To, does she want to leave the race? Does she want to leave the race for 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 the guy?" You just said here that. The, the, so, do you think we should leave the race for this guy? It, it seems it's a lose lose situation for black folks in America. Because if we it's said that. Situation uh, for black folks when we landed here. Let's just let's just go there since everybody wants to go there. It has always been a lose lose situation. And the person that's commenting on Facebook is a male. It's definitely black man been a lose lose situation for you. As soon as you drop shit, as soon as the first black foot touched here, it was a lose-lose situation. So I think that this point in 2020, I personally, of my own opinion, am choosing not to keep fight this struggle. So what I'm trying to do is people that do want to stay in America, that love this country, that will fight and bleed and die for it, that is your personal choice. What I'm trying to do as a black woman and to help my own culture is try to give some tools and information for those that do want to stay in the United States and you can survive. Because at the end of the day, you have to you have to be strategic about your life no matter where you live at. So let's just say for all intents and purposes, Donald Trump wins another four years. What are you going to do? You're going to be crying in your, in your pajamas on election day like you were when Trump won? Or are you going to move on and can still continue to live your life? Like the president of the United States it's not affecting your life on a daily basis where you're going to jump out a window if President Trump wins again. I need people to be realistic about this. The president of the United States, if it does become Joe Biden, does that mean your life is going to tr tr dramatically change and become happier because you're a Democrat and COVID-19 is going to be gone and we still don't have any debt and there's still police shootings? No, that is not going to happen. But what you need to do if you're going to stay in this country is put all of your effort behind the person that you want in office. What I'm telling you, being an experienced political consultant, that politics was not set up for the good guy to win. That's why it's so tremendous and so great when good guys do win, because it wasn't set up for that. Uh, <laughs> apparently, your listener just threw another comment. This is a loser's mindset. I don't think it's a loser's mindset. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I, took, I totally agree with Ajwa on this because uh, all these white folks are virtually the same. They're barely different by, right. by an inch. And uh, in right. terms of changing the narrative consistently, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a long time. But right now, the focus is Africa. Africa has it going. Africa is where everyone wants right. to go and tap into its fresh resources and a whole mindset that's different. So I right. totally buy your story because you are focused in developing alternative opportunities in Africa, whereby we can right. all now build a whole new economy of our own and make it what we want it to be. And, and, and forget about the guys here. Yeah, I come here and start it. So I draw your paper. I think I totally agree with you. Uh, we'll go around back on this. Adjoy, let's just take a one minute break and you listen to a little bit of some music. And we'll be right okay. back uh, at exactly for a two minutes break we'll be right back at 5 5 44 again so enjoy this music it's from young bobby and lex i
show uh you are listening to what on one with king coco show running out of atlanta today uh we're running on a platform t25cl.com that is hosted on talk show platform talk show has a multi-million followers platform which is where you want to host a show so we thank our facebook followers and friends that are tuning in today to continue throwing their comments and we will pick up your comment and, and, and relate to the discussion today. And one thing we agreed is that we're going to keep it real, we're going to keep it transparent, we're going to say it as it is, because there's no being sentimental about the situation. And I have my co-host, uh, Ms. Latisha Johnson, uh, Adjua, uh, the consultant, a postgraduate consultant that has worked in, in major campaigns all over America and now focused in the development out of Africa. I know what yes. we're trying to put together, and I know that that ties up to the digital uh, transformation, which is the subject of today. We are busy developing one of the biggest relationships, uh, the investment relationships and cultural relationships across Africa. We're pulling all men of goodwill at the highest level to the lowest level from both continents of the United States of America and the continent of Africa. We focus on Nigeria. We are out there to develop a blueprint and deploy a blueprint that will be used all across Africa to help us uh, give opportunity for black folks in America to repatriate their intellectual property, their, right. their 1.3 trillion investment capacity, because I don't want to call it spending capacity, because you can decide to spend that instead of spending it on Nike or Air right. Jordan. 
you can actually go spend it investing in small businesses in Africa and start building a whole new life. So that in another 10 years that uh, we can start where we've started, the entire continent of Africa will see the gradual return of its children that has been out uh, on the wilderness for over 400 years. So, Mr. Davishna, uh, I want to pull it in again. You know, a subject of discussion, uh, remind me, NB, NBS, NBC, National Black Caucus, state legislations. Yes, you Tell me a little bit about that organization and what you guys have in mind, because I know how to tie it up to digital transformation with the subject of discussion today. Tell me also a little bit about that. Okay, so I've, I will talk about that and similar organizations as such. So NBCSL is the National Black Caucus of State Legislators. It is a nonprofit organization for Black state elected leaders. So that state senators, state um, representatives from every country that has a African-American one all over the country. There are uh, members of NBCSL, I believe, that are not Afri African-American, uh, that are Latino and Asian, I believe. And um, this organization basically collaborates and tries to focus on Black issues from Black legislators all over the country. And they have a staff, um, they have a staff offshoot of NBCSL called the African-American Legislative Staff Coordinating Committee. And I am the Georgia representative. So that is basically all of the legislative staff. So chiefs of staffs, um, administrative assistants to Congress people from their state, all of those people are in a staff organization that works alongside NBCSL to kind of develop our own um, program. So it's a very heavy policy-based organization because these are all state elected officials. So they gather once a year in a different city across the country. I've been to uh, three or four of them so far. So the last one was in Fort Lauderdale. And because of the going to these conferences, I have relationships with a lot of black elected leaders all over the country just from this one organization. So it's the opportunity for black people in their state to have other black people in other states be able to uh, afford some of the good things that come out of legislation. So let's just say, for instance, the marijuana bill that came out of California, there are black legislators in California that then send these messages of bills, resolutions, policy issues, things that are working and going well for their community and their state, they share it with legislators all over the country. So a bill in Georgia or a bill in Florida may have been coming from somewhere in North Dakota and was changed some way to fit the Georgia circumstance. So we're trying, they are right. trying to mm -hmm. make sure they don't reinvent the wheel, but have a comprehensive understanding of what black people need all over the nation. And the staff people are there to support them. Whoa. So that's uh, how NBCSL is. Uh, but there's sorry, another sorry. organization too, if I, can, if I can say really quickly. So there's ahead, another organization as well called the National Association of Hebrews, Nahib, and I'm uh, the newly appointed Georgia chapter chairwoman. So Nahib is also a nonprofit, but they are focused on Hebrews and those who are referred to as black here in the United States. And their flagship program is to open a federal, a national federal credit union. So the credit union will service the black community and how we're figuring that out is by having people sign up and uh, sign a survey so that we can get the data, which leads right back into digital transformation, 
We need the data collected from all these surveys all over the country that says, what is the demographic of people? Do these people need a car loan, home loan? All, all these different criteria of just questions to ask, what do the people need? So when all this data is collected, it's given to the National Credit Union Administration. And then they determine, well, you have 3,000 signatures or 3,000 surveys filled out or 5,000 surveys filled out in Atlanta. And half of these people say they need a car loan. And half of these people say they need a mortgage. And some of these people say they need a student loan. This justifies them getting a charter to be able to have a physical or this justifies them having a physical location in that city all from the data. But all this data that's collected leads into the discussion of today about digital transformation and how we utilize that right. data and what we're going to utilize it for. That's what they call data-driven society. They are doing right. what is called in the digital transformation data-driven society, whereby you don't just go out there and offer what you think you want to offer, but really what these people really need, so you could have an exponential right. effect on what you do. That is that that agile framework right there, because you are going from you're running an empir empirical uh, you're running an empirical approach in terms of being sure that you are offering uh, services that has maximum potential to be appreciated and has a financial effect. So thank you for that, Lovisha, because uh, it's very important to really understand some of this stuff that are happening because a lot of us don't understand. That's actually why we're having this discussion because yeah. without discussions like this, we, we just hear stuff. Sometimes we see receive a random email but you it's important to get to understand what are the impacts and implications of actions and inactions around this kinds of subject matter so this credit union because that's another thing that is of interest is it possible to have an, 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 a, a nigerian investing it or a nigerian organization investing it to be part of that Yes, absolutely. So the president of the organization, I believe, is Ethiopian. So this is a heavy influence of Africans and those of us African-Americans living in the diaspora, but specifically the United States. But anyone can become a voting member of the, of the Hebrew Federal Credit Union. It's a $1,000 one-time payment. That means you will get when the, when the physical branch of the credit union is established and the charter is given, you will receive dividends for being a shareholder in this credit union. So you can go to naheb.net. There's a credit union tab at the top. When you press the credit union tab, you fill out the survey and then you can choose immediately to pay the $1,000 and you become a voting member of the black credit union that is going to be all over the country. And because of COVID, they need one physical branch to open and then they can do everything online. So even if there's a branch in, in Dallas, Texas, people in Atlanta can still have their money in this credit union because they'll have affiliate credit unions or ATM machines in these other locations that don't justify from the data having a physical branch. So let me let me let me find out something because some of this information is very, very important. Tell me the typical capacity role of of of, of this kind of financial institutions. In a system like like America, because I know that uh, Africans have been charged a lot of money for for sending money home because they don't have a platform, a framework to deliver 
this money out there to pick up the money here and deliver it. The Africans would love to invest money in credit union that could actually help deliver homes for them. And like part of the deal we're talking talking about is actually creating this kind of where people could invest here in the credit union and this credit union could find a collaborative partner in Africa and now help them invest that resources in protect under a protected atmosphere in Africa. So that's Absolutely. what I, I'm, I'm really serious. You know, I never mentioned this while we were together yesterday. I would have really <laughs> been excited to talk much about it. So I hope you're not keeping right. some vital uh, information that could help us do well to yourself. So tell me about what, what a typical what a typical uh, a credit union does for, for its members or its, uh, its uh, target market. Okay, so I'm not a credit union expert. Let me just, let me just preface anything I'm about to say with that. But I will right. say, in addition to um, the credit union opening, one thing that they have added, specifically, I think, for Africans living in the diaspora, is um, uh, return home benefits, I like to call them. So, you know, some Africans that come to the United States and they, you know, come, to, come upon the end of their life, they want to be sent home. So a, a lot of that money, a lot of that cost is highly expensive. So the credit union, this particular credit union, if you go to naive.net and go to the credit union tab, it's called, um, I want to say it's Benefits of Life, but right. that tab basically get, gives you an opportunity to get insurance so that it, if you, as you come upon your untimely passing, they will give you $10,000. I think it's $10,000 or $25,000 to pay for um, your flight to get your body returned to the continent. So I don't know of oh. any other credit. Right. That's fine. I, I know, know. I know. There's a lot. There's a lot. I know. I know a little bit more, but that's fine. You see, this is a peculiar right. uh, situation it's because it's, it's being modeled for specific benefit based on the demographics right. they're targeting. So it's going to be right. a little bit slightly different, but that's fine. So let's take it back on the project we're looking at. We're initiating okay. one of the biggest projects ever that is created. <laughs> tied to what we're doing right now in terms of what we're talking about. We're creating a project that's going to impact on, on manufacturing, going to impact on technology, going to impact on culture. So right. what, what is this uh, this particular cause of action by MBSCU, uh, National Black Caucus of State Legislatures, that have given you a mandate to initiate, which I think is really exciting to look at. How is digital transformation going to help what do you have in mind? So based on my very brief, short knowledge of what you taught me yesterday, <laughs> I would say that the you digital taught me, transformation... You taught, you taught me more yesterday. You taught me a lot <laughs> yesterday, too. You know, it wasn't... <laughs> I swear. That's nice. Go ahead. Right. I mean, that's just what my mind thinks. But I think um, the digital transformation part is twofold, one from each side. So workforce development, obviously, is going to be a huge factor, especially since in America, people are talking about, you know, um, all the before COVID-19, there was an issue with job creation. And it was due to the rise in technology and that the demographics here do not constitute people being able to keep up with technology. Now, in Africa, there are more youth than there are anybody else. And they're the, high, they're the fastest growing population. So that is more advantageous for technology driven society to happen on the continent than it is here. But we need to have the integration of the types of technology that are easily accessible here in the U.S. also be accessible over there. But we need to train people 
and how to build these things and how to make these things, how to repair these things, operate these things, all of that. So workforce development is going to be a big opportunity for those of us here in the United States that are trying to catch up with technology, or I'm, I'm sorry, those of us in the continent that are already caught up on technology, having the opportunity to uh, put some people to work and be able to train some people is uh, the integration of digital transformation from that end. From the other end, from the U.S. standpoint, there's a lot of people that need to catch up. So there needs to be education and opportunities and funding from these states to educate people on more skills-based training, soft skills-based training, and also on digital transformation because everything is online because of COVID and because of the state of the political environment we find ourselves in, in the United States. And the fact that there is an election coming up, regardless of who wins, COVID-19 has changed the way Americans do business and Americans go to school and Americans live their lives. And America was highly um, dependent on foreign goods. We're the, we're the only country, we're the largest importer of every, America buys everything from everywhere else. So not only do we have a supply chain issue, but now we have a technology issue where we can't keep up with what's going on online because we were already behind. So I think um, America and, and, and African-Americans living in America that are represented by these elected officials and NBCSL is really a good opportunity for African-Americans here in the United States to get a digital transformation education and training to catch up to where Africa is going to be in the next five years. Uh, well, I'm just going to throw a little more light on that just to complement what you just said because uh, this is a subject of interest to me. I'm very passionate uh, about it. Uh, I advocate for digital transfer, which is basically the application of technology to help uh, governments, organizations, individuals get better with their lives, identify uh, new revenue streams and uh, increase their revenue and reduce their cost amid compliance. That having been said, uh, and uh, you did mention that we are actually approaching a new normal because the situation is still evolving. So at this point, I cannot say uh, COVID impact has, has finished yet because we are still counting how many companies will not be able to come back from where they were. And we know that the whole new situation in life calls for a whole new thinking in terms of where you want to invest your money. If you already invested your money somewhere, how do you now transform it to be assisted by technology to give you the kind of benefit you had actually anticipated from the onset. So technology has, I call, I call technology the winner of the COVID situation because apparently now uh, what we in the industry were thinking was going to happen in another two, three, four years, apparently happened within the last four or five months, whereby right. uh, how we live, how we eat, how we learn, how we view our situation, how we even get our medication, everything has now moved to a total technology dependency because right. people don't want to be within the same space. So investment in technology is to buy one of the best things that anybody can do today. Buying right. technology stock. Look at uh, Zoom move from 10 million uh, monthly users to 200 million monthly users, which is why the system is down 
uh, almost uh, struggling to keep up with the pace. So, and uh, you can see that uh, all of that big platforms, Google, Facebook, have all created uh, something similar to Google to, because now people need to meet virtually, you know. So, investment has changed totally. Uh, how we work has changed. Workplace has changed. So what does that mean? It means that leadership at workplace has to go back and retrospect and bring in the right skill set consulting companies, which is called a major problem within this area because there are not, there are not lots of them. So you have to bring in the right consulting company to evaluate the status of the existing inf digital infrastructure you have, if you have any, and now equally evaluate the, the capacity of your digital workforce which is barely there, and now see where they can now, what can be recommended in terms of solution, application, whatever, that you can actually get into so that you can have certain capabilities for remote work, for automated processes, and have the, the ease of doing business faster. We are going to Africa, so it is very, very fundamental. We, we make certain things very transparent you know we create a, a platform or solution that could help people find our information easy because that's why we want to do this so if we have a program going on and people need to find out what where is the program what are the capacity program what is it really doing for the system that information could be seen to help people make mind make up their mind based on informed uh, information informed resources so anybody that sets out on any project today without giving a 20% thought out of 100 on the technology that is best suited for whatever you're trying to do, it means you're just going to do the stuff the regular way. And times have changed because the world has already been a global village, but right now the world has become a virtual village, not just a global village. So it's very important we understand yeah. where this puts into black enterprise because some people probably have a business going on already, but that business is going to go down if you don't really address the technology needs of those businesses. You know, some people are already trying well, to come well, up with well, 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 Okay, we talk go about ahead. that for a second. And before we even get to the business part, let's talk about education. You remember how okay. everybody, your mom used to say you need to go to college and it's in a third and it was so expensive and, and there was a lot of these online schools popped up. Imagine how big of a laugh online schools are having right now. They don't have to do any catching up. So, so no. all these schools that have all these students and these big football programs and they get most of their money from admissions, from having people in, in classroom, they're no. hurting right now, have to be to try to keep up or catch up to where online students have been for a while, where Strayer University and all these other online schools that have been and opportunities for education, I think is the biggest takeaway from that. So even if you didn't want to go back to school or you did want to go back to school and you didn't have enough money to pay the tuition to get to these places, you can do school online. And it's not like a taboo thing where it may not be as good because everybody has to do online school. So since if you have children and you've always wanted to get your, you know, your master's degree, because you have virtual learning at home, you might as well get on your laptop on your in between you doing your work from home anyway and get an education. The opportunity is there for people to get educated. And there's no reason why black people at this point with all the free resources that are being given in the United States and the fact that you're supposed to be at home, if you don't have to go to work, then you need to be educating yourself on something. And that's something needs to be some part 
of some type of technology. Listen, let me just show that in education, you can say it's got, it has a big boost because of technology, but you know, in Africa, because of, uh, of where our digital infrastructure was, uh, when the whole world went to what you guys call a lockdown, lockdown in America means the system capability to deliver services. A lot of organization, a lot of government function, function was still running because there was a digital platform in place to do that but africa went into a shutdown because there was nothing like work because there was no existing right. digital platform to get that done today like you rightly said a lot of kids in america and the western world are doing remote learning they're doing virtual learning but africa right. is still on a lockdown because there was no infrastructure so i want you to capture this in mind i know you have some good knowledge about what's really happening in Africa. But the aspect that COVID has exposed, the, the, the requirement that COVID has brought to the table, it's a major function part of what we're trying to do. You have to improve the ease of doing business in Africa. You have to improve transparency. You have to increase the, the next opportunity for people to be able to validate projects. You have to bring in automation whereby different aspects of every of the entire African economy will be able to interact together to ensure that uh, they can all deliver value. So the whole the dynamics have changed that has to be taken into very serious factor of what we're trying to do. So without that, automatically, the, you, you're going to find out that an awesome opportunity, beautiful project you got, it's not going to see the light of day because it's going to just get stuck as if you never started because you could barely catch up with important demographics that are really out there, not within your reach physically, but are available for you virtually. Oh. So you're totally on point. Uh, we're going to come back to the last section. We're going to come back to the last section of, of this discussion in just another one minute. Let, let's listen to a little bit of music and then uh, we'll be right back on this. And uh, we'll uh, have your thought on, on the final aspect of the show. Thank you, Pri. Just hang in there with me. All right. and uh, for having you back on one-on-one -on -one with King Coco Show. 
the handshake across the Atlantic. We started this uh, project two two years ago, and we're happy and excited that we've, we've kept the faith and we've kept the dates uh, with our intention to keep this as open and a platform that is available for people of color, uh, not black people of African descent, because the definition of people of color has really changed in America. Uh, if we talk about people of color to the talk about Indian, Spanish, uh, Chinese, everybody that comes with any other kind of shade. Uh, so uh, we, we are focused on creating a collaborative opportunity, communication opportunity, sensitization opportunity for black folks to be able to discuss and sieve out the chaff from the grains, facts and fiction, so we can build our community, build our own relationships and see how we can now keep our own economy within our own community so we can we will not be taken for granted like we've been taken for granted within the past how many years so uh i thank you guys for staying on in touch and uh, keeping it real with us because we promise that we'll do this as long as we can because if this is all we can do to correct the ills of 400 years then i think it is a perfect energy in the right direction so we're going to keep it in that direction because we believe that this is even today cause even more for what we started two years ago as if we were all we are prophets because uh we started the discussion because we saw how our people were endangered and the position that a lot of system kept our people and i still say uh, because it is how America treats his black people that all other part of the world treats black folks. Wherever you're from, African continent, or wherever you're from, you're from, you're from America. America itself, or the Caribbean. We can remember a story where a wealthy woman like Oprah went into a shop in Paris, and uh, the guest felt that he probably would not have enough money to buy any item from that shop and refused to. To assist her because the first it was black and that uh, i did not really have much to offer so uh, i really appreciate what we're doing here uh, i want to appeal to to our brothers and sisters all over the world wherever you pray whatever your economic strata is to come on board this program we want to know your perspective we want to hear what you think and know so we can know what to bring to the table based on our due diligence to expose it for your benefit Today, we are talking about digital transformation as it impacts uh, enterprise in black society, not just in America, not just in Africa, but as well as in, in the Caribbean, which is Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, St. Kitts, and uh, Bermuda, everywhere around there. We're interested in what's happening across these places because we're trying to build this conglomeration of black folk in terms of intellectual property, their ideas, and the investment potential so you can repurpose it for the good of all people of African descent, wherever they are. Uh, my co-host is on the show, uh, Ms. Davishna L. Johnson. Uh, she is uh, Ajwa by adoption of her African name, and uh, she is sitting on two major projects that uh, with, 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 with proper execution is gonna come to change a lot of narrative about diaspora direct investment, foreign direct investment, uh, cultural transfer and integration of people that have left, our brothers that left the continent uh, through our ancestors 
400 or over years ago. We know in fact that last year was the year 400 of return of, of the first set of migrants that left the shores of Africa. And she was part of the team that organized the explosion in Ghana, which is what Ghana today has been able to leverage on to be a major player in the return to the continent movement. That's what we're trying to bring to Nigeria. That's what we're trying to emphasize on is important. But we're not just trying to make it a tourist operation. We want to make it an investment opportunity for people of African descent and also open up investment opportunity for people with liquidity in Africa to invest in very uh, black developing opportunities like you just mentioned, the credit union, which is something I'm going to talk of the line of, of, of this uh, of this uh, uh, of this um, show with. So, uh, Adjua, are you there? Let me add. Let me add to this on onto that investment for direct invest, direct investment from the continent into the United States. There's also a huge opportunity in real estate. Well, there's a lot of people that I know, two in particular, one in Houston and one right here in Atlanta, that are buying black people that are buying up city blocks and, and renovating them and selling them to black people. So there's a lot, there's money in real estate here, there's money in oil and gas here, and a lot a lot of things that are going on in Africa that people are making substantial amounts of money at doing can also, you know, get tax shelters here and all kinds of other stuff that are beneficial about um, uh, buying land and doing business in the United States. Whoa, so uh, we're not just going to stay on that. I'm aware that the, the, the financial investment opportunity in the credit union uh, is something that I, a Nigerian bank would be very interested because then we wouldn't have to trail Western Union but rather we could have them as yeah. a, as international partners with the framework in place, then that could become where people could easily move their funds back to Africa and, and, and beyond. Yeah. So that, that is a solid investment opportunity, Adria. And uh, I know that's just uh, based on what we were just having this discussion we're having on the show, I can see one or two areas that uh, we might have to capture as part of the uh, National Black Caucus of state legislature's uh, projection on how they can build cultural investment opportunity with people in Africa and people here in America. So that's the only sense of the show one on one with King Coco because we believe that we must keep that handshake across the Atlantic for every person of African descent to be able to access and learn leverage and take care of and, and now figure out how we can now uh, assimilate each other as one entity because we are the only race that are not working with each other and not buying from each other and not selling to each other, now not investing within each other. And that, that, that has to change. Otherwise, we'll still, uh, still we'll still remain where it is. So I'm pretty excited for what we started two years ago. I will keep it real. So, um, uh, Adwa, uh, I want, uh, I just have barely, barely a few minutes to, 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 to fold up on the show. It's been awesome having you. What, what, what's the final takeaway that we can give to our, to our listeners. Let's take another three or four minutes to, to run it down, but where it comes less, I could always augment. Sorry, Aja, are you there? Are you there? Oh, sorry. I was just talking. Yes, I'm here. Okay, I just sorry want to about say it. that's fine. I just want to say thank you to everyone that has tuned in online via Facebook or Instagram Live or wherever you are um, to the show. 
I always appreciate King Coco having me on his co-host for the Handshake Across the Atlantic. I just want to tell people in closing for this week, you know, um, as we get closer to election day, uh, I need people to think about the current state of their own lives and not be too engrossed into social media, not too engrossed into um, technology because it can be it can be overwhelming. And it could say, so get out in the garden. Go put your feet out in some dirt. Go connect yourself with the earth. Don't spend, um, you know, 18 of your hours in front of a computer. You have to also be able to, and, you know, in society, whenever, whatever this normal is and whatever it's going to be, there has to be some, some human physical connectivity. At some point, you, ha- you need to shake somebody's hand. You're going to need to feel a human touch from someone. So I, I'm saying all that to say, you know, spend this week. Some Somebody needs to hear that they need to have some self-care. They need to step away from the computer for a second. They need to go big, do big dreams and have big dreams and take a big whiteboard and write out what they think the next 10 years is going to be looking like them, uh, looking for, for like them. Like, what is it going to look like in the next 10 years? What is America going to look like in the next 10 years? What is your life going to look like in the next 10 years? You can create that right now because there's so much time that people are still the world is just now getting back into figuring out how to organize itself around this new normal so this is a time for transformation it's a time for new things to develop it's a time for and then it's it's about to be money season it's about to be october so for people that know what i'm talking about know what i'm talking about so there's about to be a you know a lot of things happen. The universe always provides is my favorite thing to say because I think it's 100% true. And there are some shifts happening now in this time of the year that people need to you know, be mindful of and get them some peace and some tranquility because I'm telling you towards the end of the year, it's going to take off like a rocket. And people need to be prepared <laughs> for it. So Thank you, Adra. My co-host, Davishna uh, Johnson, Adra. Adra, Thank you very much for that perspective. Apparently, I'm gonna just uh, train, uh, put it pull it up like this: We are at the threshold of a whole new opportunities. COVID has brought a whole lot of change. One of those aspects that really changed in our space is the digital space, and the largest wealth creation and wealth transfer is happening within that digital space. So, if you're looking at investments, I will advise you to start consulting with a proper resource person, a consulting company for him to be able to help and advise you people on where to put your money. At this time, it is very important to tie into this particular space and get into this knowledge with sharing and see if you need a job, you want a job, a lifestyle change, you need a change of job. Don't sit on a deadbeat job because you're scared as long as you're willing to learn whether you have studied English, mathematics, engineering, or even linguistics or history. We are back in a situation where it's just those that are willing to learn that are going to lead the next phase of the creation, world creation, wealth creation because the emerging skill set is not an, an arithmetic skill set. The emerging skill set is not an engineering skill set. Technology does not change. What really changes is the thinking. 
So as long as you're willing to put up your thinking cap, get some new skill, you are going to be one of those doing the six-figure jobs. We are not talking about the regular jobs of $39,000 graduate that makes in America, but we are talking about six-figure job, which is what happens in the tech industry. Well, yesterday, I heard of a hate letter that came out threatening Chinese and Indians to leave America because they've taken over all American jobs. I know we can't feel this. I have been a victim of that situation. I can have a whole session on what happened with a couple of projects I've been with these same guys. So I knew it was going to just be a matter of time. But on the flip side is, if only the American system will listen to their own and stop being biased about black folks that are not scaring them that are not challenging them for the high paying jobs then america will be able to see that they have sold their soul out without knowing america has already been bought over in so many levels by this tech uh, revenue that is going to to particular demographics so we want you guys to go back there pull up digital transformation pull up uh, agile frameworks pull up fourth industrial revolution pull up emerging skill set and read up because at this point it is all about reading if you read you're going to be part of the emerging society with the new skill set to start earning the six-figure jobs our focus in how we can educate sensitize people of african descent that needs a career change the united Nations workforce projection for 2035 is such that African continent with its wealth of its young population should provide over 50% of the global workforce. The average uh, age or uh, median age in, in Asia is 41. America is 40, 39, 40. Uh, Europe is 40, 41. So it's only in Africa they can have a massive turnaround of young people. Let the continent leadership train its young people at the end of the day we might be in a position that the asian tigers are today we know how indians and chinese gradually took over the software industry and become vis-a-vis uh, -vis the digital industry today we can be those people that that story is spoken about tomorrow but our action today will determine what happens tomorrow so i thank everybody for coming for being part of this show. I encourage you guys to keep on tuning in. We have opened a Facebook platform, which is a digital uh, transformative technology initiative. Digital transformative technology initiative on Facebook. Go and log in there, follow us on Facebook. We'll be providing virtual training on that platform for people who are mass, who are members, because we have realized that it's not just about the money we stand to make out of what we do, but actually inequality positioning our people to be ahead of the game. Nobody, no other race is going to come do this. So we are honored, we feel really satisfied to have initiated this opportunity, and we're going to keep it real and ensure that before 2035, we have been able to train enough manpower for Africa to build to benefit from that World Trade Organization of creating that workforce for the global economy i thank everybody at the law i thank my co-hosts for being part of the show i appreciate all my friends families that have showed up on the facebook live and youtube to be part of the show i extend 
the hand of gratitude to you guys for being part of the show. You are not doing that for me because I don't need any of this knowledge. I have acquired this knowledge. But just step up your game. Be willing to learn something new. And I bet you, you will be up there doing the six-figure numbers in terms of what you earn. Uh, Ajoa, thank you very much. I thank the family of T25CL for providing this platform for us to be able to do the show. We keep the show on. Same time every Sunday, 5 p.m. New York time, 10 p.m. West African time. Once again, I appreciate you guys coming online and I thank you very much. Uh, my Facebook brothers, thank you. And, um, and the technical crew, I appreciate what you guys have been able to do throughout the show. Thank you and have a wonderful Sunday. I look forward to a wonderful week. Let's go out there and vote. Let's do it like a lot depends on this particular election because it really does. Outside that, we are all done for the count. I am heading back to Africa, like it or not. Whether anybody wins or not, I know where my deal is. Thank you guys and have a wonderful evening. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.